right, I want to, I want to join in on the uh, Best Life series because the best life really is the life that we all want. I, I think I could, I, am I, is there anybody in the room that does not want the best life? See, no, never. <laughs> Everyone wants the very best life. So what I want to talk with you about very specifically is how your heart factors into you having the best life possible. So, and very specifically, I want to talk with you about how your spiritual life works and how that is connected to your heart. It's really about how we connect with God, how we learn from God. It's a pretty fascinating thing because we all have the exact same potential when it comes to spiritual growth and spiritual life and actually experiencing the best life. So there's some questions that come up because in the midst of us all having the same potential, why, why does it seem that some people connect with God better than others? Why does it seem that some people connect with God better than me? And they seem to get it more. You know, why do some people hear the truth and it sort of bounces off their, their, their back like, you know, water off of, the, off of a duck's back? Why do some people hear the truth, get excited about it, and then lose interest after a while? Why do some people hear the truth and then they actually experience the best life? They actually do. It's kind of like there's some over here, there's some in the middle, there's some at this extreme. But why do some actually experience it in such a way that they really see their life change? They see the effects of the spiritual life. They, they experience it. So why is that? How can there be different outcomes when the exact same message is heard? When the exact same verse could be talked about and yet there's different outcomes. You line up people and they hear it differently and they respond to it differently and their life outcome is different. Well, Jesus answers these questions. In the book of Luke, in chapter 8, Jesus told a parable to explain what I'm talking to you about. It's, uh, uh, he, he tells a parable. A parable is a story that illustrates a point. It's a story that illustrates a truth. And this parable has a name. It's the parable of the soils. So in this parable, there's a farmer, there's seed, and there's soil. So I put them on your outline so you couldn't, you couldn't miss what was what. The farmer represents God, the seed represents God's message, God's word, and the soil represents your life. It represents you. It represents your heart. So I'm going to read this story to you, and I just want you to, to listen along, but take note, just take a mental note of the different soils that are talked about because they rep represent four different types of hearts and four different ways to respond to truth. So I'll read it to you. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to his went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but this the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. 
When he had finished, he said this. He called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples, a little bit later, asked him, what does this parable mean? You know, we got the farmer, we got the sea, we got this. What does it actually mean to us? And he says, the, the meaning of this parable is this. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they didn't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow to maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. In this story, there are four types of soil representing four types of heart. Jesus says, you know, I'm the farmer, I plant the seed, my seed is my word to you. And then you could respond in these different ways. And then he talks about the soil and he talks about how that happens. And so what I want to do with us tonight is, is, is get to a place where we understand what those four soils mean to us and how we factor into the story. Not how we factor into being, okay, I'm that soil. Bummer. <laughs> That's not the deal. The deal is, is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of that soil today, and if I'm not careful, I'll be that other soil tomorrow. And what I really want is to be this soil over here, so I need to take some action to make this happen. So we need to understand the four soils because they represent our heart and how we respond and what affects us so we can make good choices, right choices. So first kind of soil it's mentioned is the hardened soil. The hard soil represents the defensive heart, represents that person who is defensive about whatever is told to them about the truth. Farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered across the field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds came and ate it. In verse 12, the hard path where some seed fell represents the hard hearts of those who hear the words of God, but then the devil comes and steals the words away and prevents people from believing and being saved. One of the issues here is about me being open to hear the truth and to receive the truth, because the hard heart isn't interested. The hard heart doesn't want to hear the truth, doesn't want to accept the truth, doesn't want to believe the truth, because their heart is hardened. He uses this illustration, which I'm kind of thinking about it, and I'm thinking, so here's the deal. I just moved into a new house a few months ago, and it's on the northeast side of town. So one of the things you can know about Chico is if you live on the west side of town, you can plant anything and it will grow and be beautiful. The further you get to the east side and the hills, not so good. The soil at my house is like clay. So you can dig a hole and you can plant and pretty soon it is like hard as a rock. 
and it, it, the water doesn't go anywhere. It's, so it's not, it's not a very good soil. So that, to me, pictures this hardened soil, which is like the defensive heart. Doesn't want to let the water in. Doesn't want to let the, ner- the, the nutrients get in. For me, that represents this defensive heart. It's the kind of person that has a, a closed mind, the person that rejects the truth. And a result, as a result, God just isn't really there in their life as he should be. And there are a lot of people like that. They hear the truth. Maybe you, maybe you talk to somebody. You talk with them, and you could almost like see the barriers go up. They don't want to listen. They don't want this conversation. They have a hardened heart. That's the issue. That's what's going on. They get defensive. Um, they're just defensive. There's some reasons for, there's some common reasons why people get defensive. I'll give you three quick ones. One is pride. Some people have a defensive heart because they really do think, I don't need God. Why spend time talking about God? I can make everything in my life work out myself. I don't need him. I don't want him. Therefore, I don't want to listen. I have a hardened heart. Prize one, fear is another one. Sometimes people don't want to hear what God has to say because they're afraid that they might have to change their lifestyle. They might have to do life differently if they accept what's being said. You know, it's that idea. If I really open my life up to God, he might make me change something. And I'm afraid of that. It's fear. Pride, fear. Another one is bitterness. Bitterness is something that makes us defensive toward God. And there's a reality to life that you cannot go through life without being hurt. Every one of us have been hurt. For some of us, it's fresh. It's new. It's, it, it is still hurting. Because you just, it's impossible to go through life without being hurt. Somebody you like, a friend, a family member, somebody hurts you, and then the result is, is rather than truly dealing with it as we should, we, we build up barriers. We build up walls to protect ourselves. And sometimes those walls even keep God out of our lives. In the book of James, this is what it said. Get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. Here's a pro tip for you. Don't let an experience, don't let a person in, don't let a per, or a person in life keep you from experiencing God's best for you. Don't let it happen. Don't let someone take that from you. Just don't do it. Don't let someone keep Something, don't let someone or something keep you from opening your life to God. So this hard soil represents a defensive heart. The tragedy here is that being defensive, it, what it does is it leaves you barren. It leaves you like a desert. It leaves you just dried up. And we need to get nutrients into our life. We need to you know, get rid of the defensiveness. So then he talks about a second type of soil. The second one... Is, uh, it's referred to as rocky ground. It, it's, actually, it's actually a shallow soil. And this is rep- represents the impulsive heart. This other seed fell in the shallow soil with underlying rock. This seed began to grow, 
but soon it withered and died for a lack of moisture. Get down to verse 13. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they didn't have deep roots, they believed for a while, and then they fall away when they face temptation. Uh, where, where this was happening in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in Palestine, it was actually where there, there was a lot of limestone underneath the soil. So limestone is like pretty hard stuff. And what would happen is, is there would be this, this layer of limestone, and then there would be really nice, nice soil on top of it. So it looked great, but it wasn't very deep. So what would happen is, is the seeds would fall on it, and because there wasn't very much of a depth, the seeds would actually grow really fast. That's what would happen. If the seeds don't get down deep, they come up fast. But then they also can't make roots grow down because they go to the lime, the, the limestone, and they stop. And so then they get, you know, they get dried up. When the heat, when the heat comes on, it, it just dries everything up. This represents the impulsive person because an impulsive person hears something, reacts to it, gets all excited, and then they kind of fall back after a little bit of time. Their excitement wears off, and they need to not let that excitement go away. We've, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people come to our church, Chico Community Church, and after the service, they would come to me and say, this was awesome. This was amazing. This, you have really touched me. And, and, and they're just, you know, it's, it's like they're so, so excited about it. And I'm excited with them, and I'm thinking in their mind, I wonder if they're coming back. Because what happens with a lot of people is they get really excited but then they don't follow through. And it's because they have a shallow heart. They're a shallow person. There's not a real depth in their life. And so we need to be people of depth so that when we hear the word and it comes into our life, we can get excited about it, but it's also growing roots that grow down deep into our lives. And it has a lasting effect in us. So what we want is to protect ourselves because. By being impulsive, I can, actually, uh, I can actually create a bedrock in my life. And I keep the word from getting down into my life um, very much. So what Jesus is doing is he's illustrating, he's given us an illustration to make a point. And the point is this. If you're going to make it through the trials of life, you have to have deep roots. You have to let God's word come into your life and go deep into your life. It can't just stay on the surface. It needs to go deep. Otherwise, you'll be a shallow Christian. You'll be a superficial Christian. And we don't want that. If you're shallow or superficial, then what happens is, is when, when the heat gets on, when the trials get hard, when, when, when life gets hard, you wilt. You fall apart. You sort of dry up. and so. You know, we want to be able to take God's word and take it in deep. So this is the first two types of soil. Two types of soil, two different kinds of hearts. First guy, he refuses to listen. Second guy listens, likes it, but he doesn't let it sink in. There's another verse here, James 1.22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. What we need is to develop deep roots. 
We need to take God's word in and let it soak into our lives. Let it soak into our heart so that it can change us, so that it can develop us. So there's the defensive heart. There's the impulsive heart. And then there's a third one. And this third soil is is a soil full of weeds. It's a thorny soil, and that's a distracted heart. Some seed fell among thorny weeds, but the weeds grew up with it and choked the good plants. Seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, so they never grow into maturity. What he's saying here is that, you know, some seed fell among this, this thorny weeds, and what that is standing for is it's standing for the person who, who hears it, they accept it, it begins to grow, but then they let other things in as distractions, and those distractions crowd out the truth. See, that's what a weed does to grass or to flowers. A weed gets in... And a weed actually starts sucking up all of the nutrients all around. And then the actual plant that you want to grow doesn't get nutrients. That's how weeds grow. And that's why they grow up fast and tall and big. It's because they're they're sucking in all of the nutrients. He even tells us, you know, the, the things he's talking about here as weeds are the cares, worries, riches, and pleasures. So because of those things, maturity doesn't happen. Those things get in the way. They keep us from growing. They keep us from producing fruit. It's just that life gets choked out. So Jesus is saying in this parable that the weeds represent the other concerns, the other interests of life. And whenever you let something else be more important to you than God in your life, that's a weed. And it's going to suck your spiritual life out of you. And so you need to be careful of that. If you're wondering what the weeds are, Jesus tells us. uh, He gives us three examples in verse 14. Cares. Cares are uh, when we start worrying about something. And that worry begins to overtake us. Uh, Riches and pleasures. That's really the things that we chase after. We often chase after riches. We chase after pleasure. And it could be a weed in our life. So you can remember, a weed is anything that has the ability to pull you away from God. You see, God wants to be first place in your life. And these weeds want to be first place in your life. And so they work themselves in as distractions. They try to get in there and then suck all the nutrients out. And then they leave you dried up. there's, There's a funny thing about weeds in that I want to grow flowers and trees and beautiful grass and the weeds want to keep me from having that they want to get in there and the 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 fascinating thing about it is is i can work really hard to grow a plant and to grow a weed i have to do nothing they just want to come in and take over an interesting thing happened in Australia years ago. In Australia, the land, it actually had no thistles. It did, there wasn't things of thistles and thorns in the area, in, in, in the entire of Australia, which is a country basically the same size as the United States. 
But something happened in the 19th century. A man from Scotland moved to Australia, and he said, I want to plant this seed that is basically outlawed in Australia. It, it's, it's a thorny seed. He wanted it because it was actually the national emblem of Scotland. It's this, this, this thorny plant. And so they decided, the customs office decided to make an exception. We will, he, he, he told them, he said, I only want to plant one. They said, okay, we'll let you plant one in your own backyard. Today, Australia is covered with that thorny plant. It's a beautiful picture of what happens. I'm only going to do this once. I'm only going to lean in this direction a little bit. I'm only going to give in to some. And what happens is, is it, it takes over. Just like that thorn did in Australia, it spread. And that's what weeds do. They grow fast. They grow, grow quick. And all of a sudden, this, I'm only going to do it once, has taken over my life. And it has now become the big thing in my life and not the little thing. So we have to be careful of that because if we're not careful, that little thing becomes a big thing and it strangles out our spiritual life. So we have to be careful. Then there's a four soil. This fourth soil is the good soil. The good soil represents the receptive heart. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. The seed on this good soil, it stands for those who, who have a noble and good heart. They're willing to accept God's word into their life. They're willing to it, it's the cling to it. It's like Velcro. It's gonna, they're going to cling to it and don't try to pull this out of my hands because it's not going to happen. And that's what we need to be, have a noble and good heart. It's, it's that they hear God's word and they cling to it. They obey it. They live it out. And that produces fruit in their life. And that's the kind of heart that God wants us to have. The, the kind of heart that says, God, I'm willing to do whatever. You tell me what you want me to do, done. I'm in with you in that kind of a way. See, that's the kind of heart that God can produce fruit in. And this idea of fruit, I mean, I'm just simply saying, God, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to obey. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. The result is this best life. The result is fruit. 53 times in the New Testament, God says, I want you to bear fruit. There's a verse that even refers to the, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the kind of fruit God wants to build into our lives. And he's telling, I want you to bear fruit. Jesus made a statement one time. He said, by their fruit, you will know them. See, we're not talking about being shallow and superficial in our Christian life. 
We're talking about having the kind of fruit that shows up in my character. It shows up in my actions. And Jesus is saying, that's how you'll know them. That's how you'll know their mind. It's by their fruit. So what we need is we need to be open and receptive to the truth. We need to hear it. We need to embrace it. We need to cultivate our own heart soil so that it can grow down deep. And we need to continually nourish that. Nourish that by being a part of challenge, by, by, by having someone that you could go to and talk out your, your thoughts with and your questions. Some, you, know, you go to the, the life groups. You go to the retreat. And all those things help you to hear God's word and then do what it says. And if you will, you get to experience the best life possible. And that's what we want. All right, Paul, are you coming up next? All right. Do you want me to pray or are you going to pray? Okay. I'm going to pray. Father, I'm very grateful for these men and women who are so much wanting to know you. I pray that they would uh, work through what these different heart soils are for themselves. And I pray that they would settle in on having uh, a good heart, a right heart, a heart that bears fruit, fruit of knowing you, fruit of your spirit, a heart that just flows out with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I pray that as we get to know each other more and more, that those would be the things that would show up in our lives and in our relationships. I pray that we would honor you, that we would put you first place in our life. I pray that because your son made it possible for me to pray and to talk to you. So it's based on his name, on the name of Jesus, that I ask you these things. I ask in his name that you would bless each person in this room and help them to have a right and good heart. Amen.